another episode of Draw Near. It is my voice leading in this episode, so that is a good indicator that this is another shorty episode. We are continuing our series on the Our Father. But before we dive in, I wanted to give you a quick update on where we are with Draw Near. As many of you might have noticed, Kara and I have been largely silent for the month of July, and that is because we've been very busy in our work together and in our families. Uh, we've just been, it's been a very busy summer, a very full summer, and we, we thought that may be the case. Uh, I wanted to apologize that we have uh, been largely silent. It wasn't in really intentional. Um, the good news is Kara will be joining me soon, uh, upcoming episodes. We have some plans we're really excited about, uh, some episodes upcoming. We still have to go back and finish our two-part series on the four last things. That'll be coming up. And we're also going to take a look at the idea of reckless love. Is God reckless in his love for us? And if so, what does that mean? What can we learn from that? So that'll be an upcoming episode that we're really excited about. As you may recall also, Kara has a baby on the way. So August <laughs> will continue to be a very busy month for Kara. No doubt she will need some time to, to rest and recover. She's a hard worker, one of the hardest working people I know. So as she needs some time to, to rest and recover, just as a mom, um, but also especially in light of childbirth, give her some time to bond with baby. Uh, excited to meet baby. Uh, no name yet. We'll soon find out, I'm sure. And while Kara is away during that time, I have actually arranged to have some guests on to join me and discuss some various topics. So I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be great. And I'm especially looking forward to having Kara back in the studio with me to join you for Draw Near. I always feel a little bit awkward. I always feel like I'm a little bit off and something's missing when I'm not doing this with Kara. So I'm excited to soon have her back in the studio with me. So diving into the petition for the Our Father this week is give us this day our daily bread. And this one is really going to pull a lot from probably the first episode the most where we really looked at what does it mean to say our father and what was the what were the words that Jesus used and what do they mean what are the implications for our lives so it's going to draw a lot from that if you haven't listened to that episode uh, I would encourage you to go back and do so because some of this will make more sense in that in that light. At the same time, a lot of what is happening in this passage, honestly, is probably a lot deeper than what we can go on a shorty episode. So I promise you, we will pick up some of this in a future episode. We want to do some things uh, directly related to the Eucharist uh, discussion um, on a pop future episode of Draw Near. So. Some of this I'm going to punt uh, for that later day. But in the meantime, where do we begin? Give us this day our daily bread. What do we see happening in here? Well, first of all, we have to note that the Lord knows what we have need of. Scripture makes that clear. Matthew 7, 11 says, says as much, that he knows what we have need of. And yet he asks us to present our needs to him, to ask him for what we need. There's a couple of things I think the Lord is trying to teach us in this. One is that he's trying to get us to see the need for our dependence and reliance upon him, our trust in him. It's easy to think of ourselves as the source of our own supply. I have money, I provide for my family because I have a job. And while in one sense that is true, it's more true that I'm able to do that. I have income. I have, I'm able to provide for my family because God is the source. He is ultimately the source of all that I have. And so it inspires that, that humility that we should have 
to recognize that we are dependent upon God always. We are dependent upon His grace, His provision, Him alone. At the same time, also, we see what's happening in here is God reminding us of our need to trust Him as children, to come to Him as children. We see in this a filial trust. That's the, that's the fancy word. That just means we trust God as our Father like children should trust their parents. My kids don't worry about whether or not I'm going to provide for them. They need shoes. They have shoes, provided we have the budget, of course. Sometimes they have to wait. But, you know, they expect food to be on the table so they can eat. They have that food, right? There's a trust and confidence that they have in me as their father, that they don't need to worry about these things. And that is the trust that the Lord is reminding us that we need to have in him. The Spirit makes us children of the Father, and so we should have that kind of trust in him. St. Anthony of Padua says, God never ceases to be a father of his children. And he loves us so much. St. Augustine, God loves each one of us as if there's only one of us to love. I've heard some people say, God loves you, but I'm his favorite. Like, so exclusive and radical is his love that we could all say that. He's that much of a loving father to each one of us. I think those of us who have grown up with difficult uh, family relationships, especially as it relates to parents and maybe even fathers, it can be hard for us to understand this. It can be hard for us to see God as that loving father or even to know what it means to have a loving father. And that's a difficult thing. And so I would encourage you to spend some time meditating on on this passage. What does it mean for God? What does a loving father look like? And sometimes you have to (laughs) learn from the opposite experience, if that makes sense. So, um, one way to think of this, and, and, I, and I've shared this with some people and it's helped them, um, and I know it's been helpful to me, is to see like all those good memories you have of your, of your parents or your father, every one of those good memories, but also everything you ever wanted in a father, everything you ever wanted in a parent, if you are a parent yourself, everything you aspire to be as a parent to your children, as a father to your children, if you're any dad's listening, God is infinitely better than all of that. So, so take those images, take those ideas, those concepts of what a loving father looks like and magnify that infinitely. And that's how much of a good loving father God is to us. And you can trust him. And this is inspiring and reminding us of God's goodness as a father, that we can trust him to provide for us all that we have need of. And we'll, we'll unpack this a little more here in a moment, but not just the practical needs but also the spiritual, but also the spiritual and and all of our needs, to meet all of our needs. We have that filial trust as children of the Father that God is going to provide for us. We also say our Father because, once again, it's not just me. It's not just about me. Just as we say our Father and not my Father, so too do we say, give us this day our daily bread. That expresses and reminds us that in every place, on every occasion, we're not alone. It's not just us. We have a Father together, and we are joined with others. So there we see a couple things. We see that we are people that await everything from the goodness of God, 
as our Heavenly Father, but also no Christian can pronounce this petition without thinking about his real responsibility for those in the world who lack the basic necessities of life. That our daily bread give us is reminding us, as the scripture says, we are blessed to be a blessing. So God is the source of our supply. He provides for us. In that provision, God allows us and provides for us so that we can also do the same for others. So we can trust in him confidently that he will meet all of our needs, as Philippians 4 tells us, but also that he will use us to help meet the needs of others. It reminds us of our grave responsibility to those who lack the things they need in order to live a fully human life. We see here that we are, in a real way, the hands and feet of Jesus. We enter into his mission to give daily bread to all. Even if we labor for the needs of all, he is still the source of that supply. He's the one that's providing. He is ultimately the source of all that we have. I mentioned practical and more spiritual, if you will, kind of provision here. And this is pointing at both things because we know, and Scripture tells us, men have a spiritual hunger that cannot be satisfied merely by material means. As Scripture tells us, one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's Matthew 4, 4. That's Jesus talking there. So we can die from a lack of bread, yes, but we can also die because we've only received bread alone. In a profound sense, we are nourished by the one who has the words of eternal life. That's John 6, 68. And a food that does not perish, John 6, 27. You alone have the words of life. Lord, where else shall we go? We need that spiritual food. We need that spiritual food to help us understand the purpose of our life. Who am I? Why am I here? What's my purpose? What's the meaning of life? Why is there suffering? That's the food we need, the spiritual food, to find the answer to those questions. In another sense, it's also pointing to the reality, and we'll pick this up on a future episode of Draw Near, but Christ present in the Eucharist. In fact, the word he uses here is super substantial bread in the original Greek. That's pointing to the reality that this isn't just ordinary bread. There's something different. And as Catholics, we recognize we receive Christ in the Eucharist, body, blood, soul, and divinity. We have God within us, literally, when we receive communion. The hope of glory dwelling within us. We are a tabernacle for the Lord, quite literally. It's incredible. I think also we see here in this that our daily bread is much more than physical food. It's pointing to the spiritual food. But also, it reminds us that human persons are dying of hunger, yes, but also dying of a hunger for love, for kindness, for mutual respect. That comes from Mother Teresa, St. Teresa of Calcutta. We were made for relationship and communion with God. And that is a hunger that can only be satisfied by God alone. That's what the Lord wants to provide for us, that relationship. He thirsts for us. He desires to draw us into that relationship. At the same time, he thirsts for souls so much that he thirsts through us and wants to use us to love through us and draw others to his love. In his infinite plan, it'd be so much easier that if he, he just did it himself. And yet, he calls us to participate in this great work of salvation, to use us as his instruments, to proclaim the good news to others so that they might have the spiritual food that they need. 
to not perish, but to have eternal life. Thank you again, everybody, for tuning in to Draw Near. We will have uh, the next episode on forgiveness coming up later this week.